1: that it feels right hello good friends and welcome to another episode of the Ten Thousand 000 podcast i'm your host pat radke here with julian andrews julian what's up man not much how you doing i'm doing well man sunday uh went for run this morning um i'm going to the twins game today Ooh,
0: very cool um
1: these are very the games cool. where i get excited about and then when i'm there for three hours in 42 degree weather um you know, I get unexcited, but it, it'll be fun. I'm excited.
0: Um, I love these early. I love these early season Twins games. My uh, my dad came to visit me two years ago, so this time 2019, and we went to one of the first Twins games, and it was snowing, and of course you can get pretty decent seats because nobody yeah. wants to go sit out in the cold. So we had a, we had a blast. I love those. I love those games. Yeah, I would always
1: go to the opening day games when we worked with the Wolves and I'd take yeah. a half day. And like, you know, it was always like again 30 degrees or whatever. So you pay like 15 bucks and you get a lower level ticket. And it's nope. like, this is what it's all about. Um, before we move on, um, we want to thank our friends at DraftKings, our sponsors. Um, you can do literally any lineup you want. I just found out last week you can do MMA, you can do um NBA baseball. I put in a baseball lineup last week. Um I didn't win, um, but they have like a promo for like, if I use a ticket, I get $4 for free. So, um, they got me, but you can get your own promo, use the code TBPN, um, at your chance to win millions of dollars, which is certainly a lot of money. Um, so use that code, uh, if, if, if you're signing up and obviously restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com for more details. Um, Julian, we talked last week, our headline of the, the, one of the podcasts was what if the wolves went too many games, which yeah which seems silly um, wolves win on Saturday night, a very impressive win over the best team in the, in the uh, West. Um, they win one-on-one to 96 in Utah against the jazz. Um, I mean, huge second and third quarter after getting outscored by 14 in the first. Um, and you, like you just talked about this before the podcast, like the, the recipe was three guys scoring 20 points for the wolves and, and the three guys that shouldn't in, in towns, Edwards and Russell. Um, I have a question for you. Where are you on the, um, like every win is huge and like, sorry, I'll, I'll, let me rephrase that. Where are you on the, there's what, like 10 games, 12 games left or whatever. Um, who cares what happens at this point in the season? If you're a bad team, just try to get as much ping pong balls as you can. Or is it one of those things where you look and go, well, you know, we're we're creating good habits and we're not going to lose just to lose. I mean, like that there's always that weird line when you're this late in the season.
0: Yeah, I'm on that side of the of the ball. And I know that might be an unpopular opinion because I I understand that the Wolves would really like to not have to give up their first round pick um in a very good draft. So I I understand that perspective. I'm very sympathetic to that perspective, but also I think the difference here was that the Wolves were supposed to be good this year, right? Mm-hmm. like this was supposed to be the year that they kind of started to put things together and they totally didn't and i think it's very important for the future of the franchise that they use these last couple games a to see if this team can be good cuz there were a lot of extenuating circumstances obviously all the tragedy that happened in Carl's family and you know that and then his injury like that that derails the season you know by itself and then you got in kind of Delo's injuries and you know, D'Lo not being quite as good as we thought, but you know, at the same time, like he's been pretty good the last couple of games games. Um, so I think you have to use these last couple of games to see if this team can be good, because that informs the moves that you make in the off season. Because if, if this team as currently constructed cannot be a good team, then you have to blow it up. And if this team maybe could be decent, then I think you have to, like give it, give it, like give yourself a shot to know that that's the case. Um, I think that also, setting the tenure of a new coach with a bunch of losses and um just, you know, first impressions in terms of those relationships with the players, I think it's important that Chris Finch kind of gets these guys to play hard every night. And I know that that's not always gonna lead them to wins. but I do not think i'm I'm very anti losing on purpose. I think that the effects of that in the locker room outweigh the benefits of that in the draft.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's a good point you made about the, like trying to figure out what team you have. And like, obviously Beasley's not playing, but you just kind of have to figure out like, I mean, what what do we know about this team right now? It's like, well, you know that you need depth and you know, you need a power forward. Um, Jade McDaniels has promised, but like if he's your starting power forward next season um, or if Hernan Gomez is like, you're probably going to be in a weird spot. Um, but I, I ultimately think with so few games remaining, like we're certainly not going to like, remember this game in a year from now. Um, no, but, but I, I think you can talk yourself into either way, either way. If the wolves get lost, if they lose this game by 30, you're saying like, okay, well we got another game in the standings for the lottery pick. And if you win, you say, yeah, winning's important. We have to figure out what we have. So I think you could literally, and I, we're both sports fans where we make that excuse, Every single time, where you know, in the NFL, you win a meaningless Week Seventeen game, and you're like, "Well, we could have moved up four draft spots," but it's like, "Well, but it's good for team morale heading into next season." And it's like, "Well, I think it's
0: a little different in the NFL just because the turnover between the seasons is so high."
1: Yeah, on the roster.
0: Like, and I think that, like, if you're the Wolves, you probably expect to have most of these guys back next year, right? And you have this new head coach. I think the new head coach. I think if Ryan were still the coach, I would be advocating more for them to continue losing. I just think that you don't want to set a tone of what you think is a multi-year relationship with a lot of losing. I'm also really enjoying this D'Lo coming off the bench thing. I kind of hope it's. I kind of hope it stays. I know, I know that he 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 doesn't want to do that, but maybe he does. Like maybe he's okay with that. But having kind of a guy who can come off and score off the bench at his level, like D'Lo, is not. You know, you traded for D, or you uh, traded for D'Lo, hoping that he would kind of be PG one. You know, like your point guard, like. A star like the one A one B with Carl clearly that's out the window. Yeah, um, I think Carl is clearly one A. If anything, Anthony Edwards is probably one B. Yeah, one I B agree. or two at this point. Yep. Um, but you still, you know, now that you have dealer, you have to figure out a way to make the best of the situation. And him coming off the bench and scoring twenty points every night is a, not a bad situation.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned players not coming back or um, like the the turnover. I'm, I'm not positive. I'd have to look at the contract situations, but I think there's only like a handful of guys. It's like Jared Vanderbilt Ed Davis. Um, and like Jordan McLaughlin are like the only players that, I mean, obviously trades can happen and everything, but I think everybody's under contract for guaranteed yeah, right. money yep. next year, except for those three. And I think Davis is unrestricted and the other two are restricted. So it's not like, and you're not like freeing up all this cap space to make these moves either. Um, where the wolves at in the, um, draft standings. Uh, the rockets have the worst record in the league. Um, they have a full two game lead. Then it's the wolves. Uh, the wolves are a game ahead of the Pistons. And then, um, at basically what you're looking at is Orlando at the, the third spot and Orlando's two games back from the wolves Orlando on Sunday plays the Pacers. Um, which the Pacers are certainly, I think they're probably favored in that game by my guess. Yeah, they, need six, to, they need to win too because they're they're fighting my, to get that. Eight seed. Let's see what. Let's see how good I am with lines. I'm going to guess the Pacers are six and a half point favorites. Let's figure this out. The Pacers are five and a half point favorites. Ooh, tough. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It, but if the uh, if the Magic lose then um, they'll be a game and a half back from the wolves upcoming schedule for the wolves. They have the jazz again at home on Monday um, before they play at, at, at Houston. And then they have golden state. So, um, you know, let's get them. Whatever you want to super
0: down for them to beat the jazz twice. And then they could lose the rest of the games. No, (laughs) but no, I, I think it's important also for Kyle or Kyle for (laughs) For me. It's important for you too, but it's important for Carl to succeed against Rudy Gobert. I think specifically beating the jazz is important for that reason, because Gobert has its reputation as this guy who can shut everybody down. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important for Carl as somebody who's supposed to be one of the best centers in the league. Well, who is he's been incredible the last several games. So yeah. who is one of the best centers in the league? It's really important for him to succeed against Gobert.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's a good point too, because I think it's important for town to succeed against any good center because yeah. If you want to put a knock on Towns during his career, it's that going up in big games against like other big time players.
0: Yep, he always
1: means. he always hasn't really been that great. And like I think like I, I think back to that Rockets series where like Capella, who is a good center but not a great one, and yep. um, you know, a good defensive center, and they they he totally shut towns out of that series. Towns was like it was like similar, you're talking about like Towns and, and Russell and Granted, that was two years ago. Um, like the difference between like one A and one B. In that series, it was like, you know, Butler was A and Towns was like D. Um. Yeah. So, um speaking of that series, uh later this week, um, we are getting somebody on from the Knicks. of uh, the Knicks obviously have like one I, I don't know if they won on Saturday, but they won eight games straight previous to that. Um of co- and they, they they beat the Raptors, so they won nine straight games. Now um, we're going to talk about the Tom Thibodeau effect effect in New York. So that'll be later this week, Julian. I don't. We'll have to talk offline. I don't know if the person can record on Tuesday or Wednesday, so it might have to be a solo interview. Um, sure, both, that's fine. If, if both of us can't make it, but yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I've joined their podcast before to talk about like what they they wanted to know what to expect from Tibbs. Um, and they were nervous and, and cautious. And I follow them on Twitter. Now they're all just like so jacked. And like the Tibbs approaches, it's working in New York. And obviously, like, there's so many factors there with like Julius I, Randall.
0: And I want to talk to, I think we got we to gotta dig into this Tibbs thing. Because there's also, I mean, there was obviously the problems with the roster and the relationships on the Wolves too. Like, it wasn't just Tibbs. Like, I, I really think that Tibbs kind of came out of that looking the worst. And I don't think that that's totally off the mark. Like, I think he did fail yeah with the Timberwolves but at the same time I don't I don't think he's probably as bad of a coach as we all kind of talked him up to be because I think that what was going on with Kat and Wiggins and Jimmy at the same time was probably kind of hard to deal with yeah Um, but we gotta get we gotta get Krasinski on too again to kind of talk about what the like his his view on it as well because I think that he probably understood Tibbs better than any of the local writers yeah I think I
1: think that's that I think that's right um, okay, let's go around the league. Uh, in the Western Conference, um, there are two games separated, the top three seeds. Um, we have the Jazz at the number one spot, and then you have the Suns um, in second, and then you have the Clippers in third. Um, right now, the Suns are a game and a half back. The Clippers. Um, it seems like the Nuggets are they're, they're not going to get in that top three. The Lakers are kind of reeling. Um, I mean, I. We, we we didn't prep for this really, but we've talked a lot about the Suns. The Jazz have gotten yeah. their, their run all season. Nobody's really talked about the Clippers, and they're two games back from being the number one seed
0: in the West. The Clippers are scary. I think the Suns, the more I watch them play, it's like they're kind of a live or die by the three kind of team, which always kind of terrifies me. Like, they put together some great wins against the Bucks and the Sixers, and then they just, like, rolled over against the And you Celtics.
1: worry about their, like, I mean, obviously, like, if Chris Paul gets hurt, yeah, that sucks, or Booker does. So, I guess that's the same thing you could say about Aiton, but, like, for a big man, like, if they lose Aiton, that's kind of, like, I
0: don't know. Although, Dario's actually playing better. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But you don't really want Dario to be your five. So, so I think, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think they're really thin up front, which can be scary. Uh, But, yeah, no, the Clippers... uh, I mean, we talked, I think, two episodes ago, but just when we were doing our draft, just about how the Clippers never really put it together. But if the Clippers yeah. do put it together, I mean, they're scary. Like, Paul George and Kawhi, that is like, that's the type of duo that you fear. Kind of getting, kind of heating up, just because they're both great defenders. Like, they're well, both all-defense all type guys. And so much of the talent in the NBA is at the wing. And if they can start getting their offense humming, that's that's terrifying.
1: And I don't want to speculate here, but uh if the if the clippers stay at that three spot and the lakers continue to reel or the mavericks the mavericks have um you know they picked up a game on the lakers over the last 10 the lakers are 4 and 6 mavericks are well, 5 and 5 they beat the lakers
0: twice in the so, last
1: two games and if, but, and if but if they exactly if they can that they're a game and a half back if all of a sudden we go into um, the playoffs and the Clippers have the three seed and the Lakers have the six seed. We're all talking about the, like, will the Lakers be able to put the, you know, I think everybody's like, okay, yeah, this is cute from the jazz and the Suns and whatever, but the Lakers are going to run back to the playoffs. Well, if the Lakers aren't careful, they might be eliminated in the first round. Um, yeah, I agree. It would be a colossal yeah. failure. So um something to watch, but uh it's going to be fun down the wire, especially when you have games to play for. And like, you know, we talked about the play in tournament last week. Um, like right now, uh, I mean, it seems like the Pelicans are out, they're four games back now. But, too bad because um,
0: Zion has just been ridiculous.
1: I know it is, it is too bad, really. Um, it, yeah, I don't know what the deal is there with like ros- roster construction. It seems like, um, but then again, like you look at it and you go, okay, well, you traded Drew Holiday, um, right before the season. Like, what did you expect? Like, what, like what, what, what angle were you taking there? Or maybe should have kept Drew Holiday. Like if you wanted to make the playoffs um, right. and if, if your goal was like, Hey, we're not ready this year, we're not going to compete. Um, and maybe that's what that move says anyways. But yeah. um, you know, just, you know, the, the Blazers, your Blazers fell yeah, down at the seventh really seed. Bad horrible um, loss against the Grizzlies. You cannot drop that. But then you have three teams vying for that eight seed, which might not seem important, but it's the difference between having to win two straight games and just having to win one out of two. Um, yeah. So, uh, that, that's, that, that, that's something to watch too. Um, what is next? Uh, Zion, I mean, you talked about it. He's a fastest player to 2000 points, um, since Michael Jordan, which is just in that's, so it's 79 games overall. Um, which I mean, obviously that's less than a full season. So if, basically it's like, if Zion just played 82 games in his rookie season, he'd have like 2,100 points, which is just crazy. freaking It's insane. crazy, too, because
0: he's not even thought of as a scorer. No. You know, like if you think about – and he is a scorer, but I just think the popular understanding of Zion is more of like, you know, rebounder, block, block shots. Like, But, I mean, really, what he is is he's, he's an incredible scorer. Um, and I guess we should have predicted that, given his ability to jump over everyone. But it's just his uh, – Yeah, it's really impressive. You you just don't think of, and we've talked a lot about this. You just don't think of big guys as scorers, and I think that kind of diminishes how people think of Zion. But he's incredible. Like again, we've said this a thousand times, but if he were a guard putting up those kinds of numbers or those these kinds of points numbers, he would be the most popular player in the league.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Um, And I think like Zion when he came to the league, I think the projection was, and we've seen him play like more of the point like point uh, forward type. Um, but I think the projection was like, this is a guy that can run the court and see passing angles. Yeah. Like nobody else can. And while that is all still true, we also like, didn't, we, we, we undersold just like how efficient he was and just impossible to guard. Um, Incredible. other players, other players on this list, Julian, you and I know something about, um, like irrelevant stats for young players. Uh-huh. Uh, when we were with the Timberwolves and, um, you know, they, it was very common for a player to hit a stat and it'd be like, he's the youngest player at center position to score X points in X
0: games on Tuesdays. Like it'll be
1: like, yeah, very,
0: very randomly constructed stat achievements. And you're like the other
1: players on this list are Kevin Durant and LeBron James. And you're like, wait, so is, I don't like, so Andrew Wiggins is those guys. Like, that's what we're saying. Um, this, this stat, I think is a little more concrete. It's fewest games to reach. 2000 points NBA history other players on this list uh Rick Barry, Elgin Baylor, David Thompson, Billy Knight, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, George Mikan, Oscar Robertson, uh Wilt Chamberlain. So like not too bad. Like literally all <laughs> like all-time greats and none that has played in the last um like you know 20 years. So Yeah, wow. If that if that tells you anything about That's kind of awesome.
0: Man, um, I really want Zion to just have a great
1: career. I really love Zion. Doesn't it feel like everybody though is like I don't want to say people are wanting him to get injured. No, but everyone thinks he's going to. Yeah, we're like, I I listen to a bunch of like basketball card podcasts too, and they always talk about how like, don't invest in Zion because he's just going to get hurt. And it's to the point where it was, it it reminds me similarly to like last year with COVID where you had all these like grumpy sports writers and like every time a team would play a game, they're like, this is stupid. They shouldn't be playing. And like, they're, they're almost like rooting for, like the players to get COVID or like the mm-hmm. player, like something to go wrong. Yeah, in the I know process what you mean. Yeah. Where it's like similar to Zion. Like, yeah, I think you have so many people that I feel like been like, oh, he's going to get hurt. This isn't real. That the more and more we see how good he is, the more and more people are like, yeah, but he could get
0: hurt. And it's like, well, sure. But like, let's just really enjoy this moment because this is I mean, is look incredible. at Embiid. Yeah. You know, like bead was hurt all the time. Now he's having knock on wood, some good injury luck relative. Although he was hurt, I guess, earlier. Is he back now? Maybe he's still hurt. Uh, I think he is back. No, he's back. Yeah, he's yeah. back. He's good. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, modern medicine has has changed. I think that if you're talking Zion, a guy with Zion's build playing 20 years ago, um, yeah, that would be a risk. But, you know, with what we know now about just like all of the orthopedic science and like our bodies and it, the NBA is so far ahead on injury prevention. Um, I think it's unfair to say that Zion is injury prone. I mean, he has been. He had like a really unfortunate injury his his first entrance into the league, and I think that that kind of set the tone. But I mean, yeah, let's just hope he stays healthy and keeps dominating.
1: Well, what the Pelicans have played sixty games this season, and Zion's played fifty five. Yeah, you know, like
0: yeah, right. It's just I because think... he got hurt. It's just because he immediately got hurt. Everyone was like, "Oh, he's gonna be injury prone." Yeah. I didn't mean, watch him, and you're like, this shouldn't be possible. We're not, honestly. Like, if, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> I, I
1: don't think that, he, like, if obviously this is a kind of, this is kind of a stupid thing to say, I guess. But if if he doesn't have any like severe long term injury in his like throughout his career, we're never gonna remember like when he came into the league. We were all so no. scared, and I think some of it too was like, yeah, this the summer league thing. Where and if honestly, if he was twenty pounds lighter, we'd be like, oh yeah, he's in shape um there's not this injury concern i think people like his body i think people are so um obsessed with that and like we haven't seen a player like that before that we're all just like well what does that mean it's like you have a bunch of people that with all that weight um when he lands and it's like okay what what is that i don't even i'm not a doctor i don't know what that means um okay uh will barton out indefinitely with a significant hamstring strain of course that's a another huge blow for the nuggets and if something's called pretty significant hamstring strain. You got to think that's a month, two months, Not good. Yeah, which for the months. nuggets might be the season. Um, they've actually done pretty well as of late. They've won four of their last five. Um, Jokic has to be the MVP right now, right? Yeah. I don't think there's, there's a question. Um, if there's two locks throughout the, the like award season, it's probably in uh, Jokic MVP. And then uh, Tibbs coach of the year,
0: probably um, Randall most improved, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep, I think that's fair too. I mean, Randall's probably going to get some All NBA love too. Yeah, Um, he certainly deserves it. Um, Yeah, I mean that sucks. Uh, How important it's just another
0: blow for the Nuggets. You know, it's it's you know Will Barton alone is not the the you know the crux of the Nuggets by any means. But it's you know any one of these injuries could kind of be the straw that breaks the camel's back because if you add it all together, they're just down. But if you look at, like, let's just go through, like, their top eight of guys minutes played. So uh, Murray
1: was one, and Barton was four. Gary Harris, five. Okay, all of those guys gone. So let's just go down the list. Now your, your eight-man rotation is Jokic, Porter, um, Aaron Gordon, Monty Morris, Austin Rivers, who they just signed, um, Paul Millsap, who's a million years old, PJ Do- Dozier, um, and then um, Jemichael Green.
0: I mean, that Aaron Gordon trade saved their season, right? Like, at this point, like, imagine that without him.
1: Okay, so, I mean, then the the, the devil's advocate is, if you know you're going to lose Jamal Murray a week after you trade for him or two weeks after, like, do you just kind of say you're going to punt on that season and not give up? Um... You know, I guess. Oh,
0: but if you, you not, MVP, gonna... if you have an MVP candidate on your team and like an MVP front runner on your team, I don't think you can do that. I think that you have to say with as well as Jokic is playing, you have to do everything you can. Even if you knew, if you knew Murray was out, you're. I, yeah. I, I, get, I get. Yeah, because you know, window. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're gonna. I'm not saying they're gonna win the championship. I think their odds are very low. But at the same time, like you could see Jokic going on, you could still see this team making it to the second or third round of the playoffs, right?
1: Just like with as well
0: as Jokic's play. So I, I I just, I don't know. I just don't think you can. I just don't think you can in good conscience punt on a season like Jokic is having.
1: Yeah, depending on um, their matchup. Like now they'd play the Lakers, which they'd certainly be the underdogs in. But like like if they, the thing is, there's three games. They're three games back from the three seed, and they're four games ahead of the fifth seed so they're kind of locked in at that four spot um so that could be the lakers it could be the mavericks it could be the the, the blazers um yeah i mean certainly you could see a world in which they they move on but you just really have to have those extra guys um yeah, like it's tough it's never good when like you sign austin rivers to a ten day contract and he's playing 27 minutes a game
0: Well, okay. Yeah, that's true. That is, that is a hundred percent true. I think also Austin Rivers isn't horrible. Like he was pretty decent with the Knicks, but I, I, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, other headlines. will just
1: go down. Um, Curry playing his way into the NB MVP discussion, which sure he's in the discussion, but it's not going to happen. Um, Miles Bridges uh developing into young star. He's been Dude, good lately. His card so market has his card market's gone up. I've sold a few of his cards um like 2 months ago which certainly was
0: um it seems like it was 2 months too soon. He's really good. Um the Hornets have a real future with with Miles Bridges and LaMelo and I I, I think yeah.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad for uh their coach James Borrego, because now we it seems like places like Orlando and places like Horn, like, like Charlotte, they make these hires, and we all think that their coaches suck. um mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's just because like their team just kind of sucks, and their coaches weren't able to really do anything. Yeah. And now you're kind of seeing that, oh, okay, like maybe this, um you know, maybe this could be a good team. And I, yeah. I just think of like the Magic, where it's like, yeah, you had a team that was stuck in like this purgatory eight seed forever, and it's like we want to blame Steve Clifford, um, and it's like, well, no, it's just how their team is. Um, and you know Clifford was with the with the uh, Hornets before too, and kind of went through the same thing. Um, and then, um, uh, what else do we have here? I think that's pretty much it, Julian. I don't have a whole lot um, today. Lamella Ball seems like he's going to come back soon. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, we could do right now. We could do a little tankathon draft simulator. Nope, yep, spin one. Do a spin. All right, one spin. But wolves fell down to three. They kept the pick and took Jalen Suggs.
0: Not too bad. No, we'll take it. It would be cool if Jalen Suggs uh, ends up back here. That would be cool. I'd be down for that. I'd be in. I think. Um, it's, I mean, I'd still prefer Cunningham. I think, but at the same time, like Minnesota guys, you know. Yeah,
1: it'd be yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be good, good for the local writers. Yeah, um, I I that, you know
0: that's that's what we that's what we want. I'm I'm just here for
1: Jace anything really? that makes jace happy makes me happy oh um i wanted to read this actually i found this funny <laughs> i don't know if i don't know if this is true at all but it seems like that most because ultimate... <laughs> like here's some news might be a lie <laughs> it seems like the most ultimate carl anthony towns uh Ooh, is it a good cat quote it's a good cat
0: quote um let me find it is it better than games on the moon that's the um, best cat quote of all time for those of you who don't know cat once said um Home games, away games, games on the moon. Games Gotta on the moon. Got to win them all.
1: Um. Well, Cat also told me that he was going to be a doctor um, once. Um, And then, okay, here it is. From Jace Frederick, here's a tweet. Carl Anthony Towns says he can drive a golf ball 400 yards. He said he's driven greens that are 400-plus yards out. He can get a four-iron max of 320 yards. So... There you have it, Carl. Uh, I can't school? hit. A, I can
0: barely hit a golf ball at all. So
1: yeah, good for Carl. I, I? I don't know if those things are true, but it seems like I don't know how this came up in conversation. But it seems like something Carl would just tell you as you're walking
0: by, just so you're. But aware. to be fair, I think it's also the type of thing Jace would ask. Yeah, Jace, Jace is a big golf guy because Jace loves golf. That's but right. um, yeah, I mean Carl's a huge dude and he's very strong, and I'm sure you can get a lot of momentum with his seven foot wingspan. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't really know. I don't know enough about golf to even know if you can do that, but that seems really far. It does. How far can you drive a golf ball? Probably like 250 yards. Okay. Like maybe more. I, quite, I don't know. I would say I could probably do about 30 feet, 30, 30 feet. No, <laughs> I, I, uh, whatever I hit, whenever I hit with a driver, the ball just goes sideways. That's not good. We got to go golfing sometime. You got to, you got to help it. me improve.
1: Yeah yeah that no let's do it i'm i'm totally and maybe we can do a, a podcast on the golf course
0: perfect um which sounds horrible actually i'm sure i'm sure mude would join us again for that he
1: He definitely would <laughs> um okay let's get out of here uh cool. i gotta go to the twins game you have to probably cook something
0: at your house uh, actually uh, yeah that, that's yeah all right see i, got a lot of I school know you work i'm gonna cook i'm gonna do school yeah. work.
1: All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, like I said, don't miss our, our podcast this coming week or in a few days here. Um, we're going to dive into the next season, how Tibbs changed it, what they like, what they don't like, um, and then kind of reflect that back onto what we saw from the Wolves um, when they had Tibbs and like, what maybe it does next year. Do things go horribly in New York or is it like too stupid to even ask that question yet? Should we just enjoy the moment right now? Um, that's all we got. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.